Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Lux mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey everyone, I'm Ian DeBorja, and welcome to IMDb's Movies That Changed My Life, a podcast where your favorite stars break down the films that made them who they are today. This week's guest is actor and fellow podcaster Justin Long. You may know Justin from his roles in cult classic comedies like Galaxy Quest and Accepted, but you can now listen to him every week on his incredible podcast, Life is Short with Justin Long. Justin and I talk about the pressure of having to answer what your number one favorite movie of all time is, his Marty McFly mannerisms, and the three movies that changed his life. Once again, if you're enjoying the show, please be sure to give us a star rating and leave a review because every single one counts. Thanks to Milia X2 for the most recent five-star review. Thanks again for listening. Here's Movies That Changed My Life with Justin Long. Justin Long, welcome to Movies That Changed My Life. Um, I'm really glad we were able to reschedule you because uh, I know you lost power for a few days after the tropical storm that hit New York um, a few weeks ago. So uh, yeah, how, how are you doing? Oh yeah, you know, we actually just recently, I think, what was that, like two weeks ago, right? Uh, maybe yeah. Three. So we uh, only about five or six days ago got a power back um, and it was it was really... <laughs> It was so embarrassing because our, our generator had blown out and um, we were one of the last houses to get power. And my neighbors were all like, yeah, we have ours back. And <laughs> and uh, I, I so we weren't for some reason. And I, and I called the electric company and I was like, you know, it's it was frustrating enough because the generator that, you know, we pay for maintenance and stuff that had blown. But th- obviously that wasn't their fault. And I'm dealing with somebody at the electric company and they were like, uh, we're showing that this is weird. We're showing that that whole grid is lighting up and it should be back to normal. And I was like, well, it's not. And I was like, probably a little snarky. I'm embarrassed about. And, um, <laughs> and so then they said, well, we'll have somebody call you back. And like, I was like, please do, you know, this is it's been like over a week now. And, um, and so this guy, this really like gruff electrician guy calls back and he's like, yeah, you said your electricity's out. I was like, yes, it is. It has been. He's like, I'm showing that you're, uh, your, your breaker is uh, malfunctioning at a, because of a blah, 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 blah. And I said, yeah, I don't know what you're saying. And he's like, there's, there's a pause. He goes, turn your breaker on. Oh, no. <laughs> so I went down <laughs> in, in the break room, in the, in the electrical room, and sure enough, somebody had turned 
all of the breakers off. And it was just like, and it reminded me so much, you'll, you'll appreciate this IMDb. Uh, it reminded me of that moment in, in The Cable Guy, which is one of my favorite, <laughs> it's hard not to put The Cable Guy, but it reminded me of that moment where he goes back and just goes, ta-da, and turns on the, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah. And he goes, what's the cut cord for? He goes, it's for effect. Um, it was so embarrassing. And he's like, I was like, oh yeah, I just literally turned on a switch. <laughs> so well, it's back. We're back. We're back. We're back in business. Yeah. That's great. Um, so did you have to rearrange some interviews for your podcast, Life is Short with Justin Long? Oh, wow. And, and, and back for it in that? Thank you. Know. you. That was really <laughs> nice. Uh, I didn't have to rearrange interviews for my podcast, Life is Short with Justin Long, because um, I don't know why, actually. It just worked out that we hadn't... Uh, scheduled and it was sort of sort of lucky but this one of course we i'm glad we were scheduled because i yeah. was looking forward to talking to you I, I i love talking about movies and yeah so life is short with justin long is on wondery it's out it's on tuesdays correct tuesdays and uh it's on wondery it's at apple you know wherever you get podcasts i guess Spotify, all, all the platforms, yeah. Yeah, and then for people who don't know, it's just, uh, you know, it's you're having long-form conversations just like this with, uh, you know, with people. Do you have any guests you'd like to plug coming up or anything like that? Um, who's coming up? Uh, oh, man, my favorite, um, Jake Johnson. Uh, I, I Jake was so fun. Uh, so that's coming out next. And, and then Carrie Brownstein, who I oh, love. Oh, nice. Uh, oh, Carrie's great. And that's... Um, yeah. If, if this show were about TV shows, I think Portlandia would be oh, one of my top three. I absolutely yeah. love that show. I mean, uh, yeah. what a show. I yeah, know. Oh, great. it was so fun talking to her about that too, because especially now with all the like cultural upheaval, um, just mm-hmm. imagining what that show would do with some of these things and, and how right. they, I, I it, like talking to her about it made me realize why I love that show so much. Just, just how right. insightful it was without having to do too much, you know, um, to shine a light on the absurdity of uh, a lot of our behavior. Uh, right. Oh, so I know. Great. So good. Um, yeah. uh, well, I'm looking forward to those two episodes then. Well, another uh, reason I was excited about this is because I, uh, on, on the podcast I've been doing, my favorite question is, is also one that people, um, it's, it's difficult for me to ask because people often have like, uh, very, um, they they kind of have adverse reactions to it. And that is something as simple as what's your favorite movie? Like I, I like asking, I like exploring that. And, um, and people often get like a, a range from being offended by it. But I, so I, now I, I like tiptoe around it. I like ask it very gingerly and I, and I preface it by saying like, I mean, obviously you don't have one, but you know, in quarantine, maybe you have <laughs> comfort movie or like, I, you know, I, right. I never know how to really address it. So when, do you have a most surprising uh, favorite movie pick of your guests uh, on your podcast that um, you were like, oh, like I didn't expect that. Oh God, what a good question. Yeah, um, um, well, I got very excited when, I mean, this is going to sound like self-involved, but when Judy Greer, <laughs> it, without thinking, she just said Tootsie, and I and I freaked out. I was like, yeah, yes, you know, like sometimes there are moments like that where I just really instantly. Movies are a thing that I value them so much that like. I I feel immediately closer to somebody when when they also, you know, when 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 they share a love of a particular movie, and um, I, I got so excited by that. Uh, but but yes, and now I'm forgetting. There have been some that are like, 
huh. Um, <laughs> you know, whether it's an obscure movie or just one, the more surprising ones are the ones that are like uh, Jumanji, you know, and mm, right. uh, that, but, but then it becomes interesting, you know, unpacking why, and, and it usually has to do with like a very personal, like a childhood memory or something, um, right. which is fun to explore. And I, I think some of mine definitely involve that element, like nostalgia and, you know, reminding me of a nice time in my life. Awesome. So let's get into the movies that changed Justin Long's life. Do you want to start chronologically? We'll go from chronological release date, or do you have a a specific order? Okay, cool. Sweet. So yeah, let's jump into uh, Tootsie, which you discussed briefly. This is from 1982. Uh, It has a 7.4 out of 10 on IMDb with 94,000 ratings. Directed by Sidney Pollack, written by Don McGuire and Larry Gelbert. Uh, The screenplay is by Larry Gelbert and Murray Schall, starring Dustin Hoffman, Jessica Lange, Terry Gard, Dabney Coleman, Bill Murray. Um, So tell me about about Tootsie. When was the first time you watched it? Well, Tootsie, I think I discovered later in my life. um, And it was when I was like really falling in love with Dustin Hoffman. I think I'd already seen, you know, this was probably, this was in the nineties and I'd already seen like Rain Man and probably even Hook and some of his other, even Straw Dogs, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. So Tootsie was like when I was, um, and I was, and I was falling in love with the idea of being an actor. And and I just loved that culture uh, of, of like the theater actor who is, I, I was just so, into that character and that story and um and and my relationship with that movie is like changed like i said i'd watch it at least once a year and i just find different reasons to marvel at it and and um i think that my favorite thing is probably just the script and the direction and and how efficient it is how every camera shot every um every word really helps push the story forward and, and, uh, and I, I, the music, I just, I, so I love it. Yeah. I, I, I love it. I'll rewind moments. There, there's a moment where just the timing, I mean, the timing between Charles Durning and Dustin Hoffman, when he, um, he's giving him the ring back, you know, mm-hmm. or, or, or when Charles Durning is kissing his finger, goes to kiss him his hand at <laughs> night and he pulls it away and Durning just kisses his own hand. It's like, it's great slap. There, there, there are elements of like great Laurel and Hardy slapstick comedy, and and then there's incredible romance. So they're one of the most romantic movies. Um, uh, it, seeing his yearning for for Jessica Lang underneath this like mask of it's just it, to me. Like I said, I think it's it's like a work of art. So, uh, so you grew up in Connecticut, correct? Mm-hmm. Was there sort of like a fascination with? Uh, especially, I guess, as you're deciding you wanted to become an actor, was there some sort of fascination with like getting to Manhattan and oh. like being able to become like an actor, you know, similar to to the scene well, set in Tootsie? That's interesting you ask, Ian, because my mom was an actress, and um, yeah, I wonder if that has something to do with it. So my mom would my first experience with New York would was through that lens, like the struggling actress going like you know uh terry gar's character going from Mm -hmm. these one audition to the next and getting really beaten down by the process i that to me was when i was a kid the last thing i wanted to do was be an actor was there any sort of like romanticizing that you had i mean watching tootsie like you're like i'm gonna live in that 
no apartment. No, none of that. Okay. No, I mean, what it was was a. Uh, I think I was able to, and because Dustin Hoffman's so good, uh, mm. I, I think I saw that movie at a point where I was already wanting to do that. So this is after mm-hmm. high school, and I probably had already been on the audition circuit in New York. So I think there was some identifying with his struggle, um, mm. and 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 but but I think more than that, it was it was the. Well, it's funny. I mean, I don't want to like gloss over that. It's just fucking the the t- the timing uh, of some of those scenes and the 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 way they're played. It's just it's funny, but it's also um, I think incredibly romantic. Uh, the way mm-hmm. he he puts this woman on a pedestal and falls for her uh, with this disguise on, and there's something really uh, and they're obviously both so good. Mm-hmm. It's just such a complete journey, you know, it's such mm-hmm. a it's such a great like story to, to follow. Um, but no, I don't think it was, Oh, that world is exciting in any way. Right. And I think it's sort of like also romantic showing people's passion of wanting to become famous and wanting to follow their dreams or even in, um, in, uh, in Michael Dorsey or, or Tootsie's case, like his, He's wanting to put on this a play, play, a play that right? he believes in. There's something about right. Michael Dorsey that, like, yeah, he's he is. Um, you could call he's you could say he's pretentious. He's like when he's got that conversation with Sidney Pollack, the agent. He says, <laughs> "No one's gonna, uh, no one's gonna do it, Michael." Um, yeah, I, I, I that to me is I I think at the heart of the whole movie. Yeah, you're right. It's somebody's somebody who has this passion that they can't express properly. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it's not so much that he uh, wants to be famous even. Uh, Being famous is just a means to an end, which is getting to do his art, his craft, you know? And it's, um, I, I, that the character is so consistent. I like that at, at no point does he, ever really get caught up in, oh, I'm famous mm-hmm. now. If anything, it's like a deterrent that like, oh, shit, this ruse is like getting really deep. And, right. you know, what am I going to do now? I'm, I'm on the cover of magazines and stuff. And, and what if, um, what if ever people find out? Uh, it just is that, that I, I like that. It's not, I, I, I think if you made that movie now, because fame is such, um, uh, has become such a thing to aspire to and, and such a commodity unto itself. I think, You'd have to – whoever made that movie now would probably lean into that a little bit more. Like, oh, look mm. at me. I'm on – you know, I've got all these followers. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> but at the time, it's like that character is just really devoted to to acting. And it's and, and, and I'm sure a lot of it is because I love acting and, and I kind of understand that, that brain. Yeah. I mean it, even at the, in the climax of the film, right, he – you know, puts his fame of being this up and coming or star at the time on the line to make sure he does what's right, you know, by, uh, in, in that final episode, um, of oh, the sitcom, which, you know, I, mean, I, I like, I don't want to not to give anything away. If you haven't <laughs> seen it, you should definitely not listen to this because it is, it's one of the great <laughs> reveals in movie yeah. history. Like, I don't know how, and, and then, and I've always thought that, but like, again, since I started, having to learn a little bit about editing and mm-hmm. not learn, but just becoming more aware of, um, those, the mechanics of putting a scene together. Uh, I started really like marveling at the shot selection and how all of the characters, even like Lynn Thigpen 
who plays the the um, producer, you know, the great Lynn Thigpen, who mm-hmm. unfortunately has passed away. Um, she just a cutaway to her, and she's got the perfect line, perfect reaction. George Gaines like has built. They cut away to Bill Murray, and he's got. Well, what a wacky hospital. You know, that is one <laughs> wacky hospital. It's like everyone gets their moment. Charles Durning sees it and he's like, oh, my God, this woman I'm attracted to. It's so rich. Like every character is is so um, richly involved in, in in that. The stakes are so high for so many people. And, uh, and if they're not high, they're still entertaining, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, even for Bill Murray's character. So you – you it, it's it, just when like things have gotten heavy and like – you cut to Charles Durning and he's like, Oh my, he's having this like crashing realization. And certainly Jessica Lang, this person that I like trusted and, and is now like has, has, has lied to me. And then you cut to somebody like who has less, less at stake. And it's like, it lets the audience breathe and laugh a little bit. It's just like perfect. It's perfect. All right. So that was Tootsie. Uh, if you haven't seen it, please go watch from 1982. Let's move on to your second pick. Uh, this is 1985's Back to the Future. It has 8.5 out of 10 with 1.02 million ratings on IMDb, uh, directed by Robert Zemeckis, written by Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale, starring Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd, uh, Leah Thompson, Crispin Glover. Um, the story is about Marty McFly, a 17-year-old student. It's funny uh, to have to say that. I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, you've, you've talked about this movie before as like being very important to you. Um, but for those who haven't heard it, uh, well, why don't you dive into that? I know it, it, it sparks so many things, like important things in your life. Yeah, God, you know, it's funny. You know when somebody says, like, how are you doing? Or uh, what's, what's been going on? It's like, oh, man, where do I begin? I, that's what it feels like to be like, well, talk about back. The, why is back to the future important? It feels like such an open-ended question. But I, I, uh, I, I think I should start with just the impact it had when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I remember, and my memory is so bad, but I do have, I, I remember clearly seeing that movie for the first time at the Fairfield Community Theater. And I was like, I, I, I had, I remember the feeling of being so thoroughly entertained. Like there was something exciting about it that an excitement that I hadn't really experienced from a movie before. Um, and, 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 uh, and, and I revered Marty McFly. I just thought he was the coolest. I, I t- t- to this day, I think like, you know, I know some people grew up in, depending on when you grew up in different times, I'm sure there are people who would say, well, Justin Bieber or Marlon Brando, <laughs> or, you know, right, uh, right. these guys were cool. The epitome of cool. Um, but to me, Marty McFly is, and I think will probably forever be the epitome of, of cool. He was uh, just he invented a- skateboarding skateboarding the way but the way he skateboarded was so like he wasn't braggy he wasn't showing off he was like reluctant he was like reluctantly saving the day uh leah thompson was so charming and beautiful and she was like in love hey forget that it was his mom uh that that wasn't troubling to me at the time Um, (laughs) i had it i didn't really like understand the oedipal implications right at the time but um i just thought it was like so cool my friends won't watch it with me anymore because it's like I annoy them too much. Um, it's just obnoxious. But like now, you know, again, like having a newfound appreciation for movies, having been in the, the business of movies for a while, I just every time I watch it, I I, I marvel at something new. And and I remember recently seeing it and and like 
I was amazed by the opening credits, you know, mm-hmm. how much information they get out, yes. how much exposition, the, the, the setup that like is usually done in like, let's face it, kind of a a, a boring or, or, or a, like a, a sub, uh, like less than the, it's not the exciting part of most movies. The It's not mm-hmm. an interesting part. They take care of so much exposition during that crawl, during that tracking shot of uh, the, house. Dot, the house. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, they, they, yeah. the plutonium is stolen. There's the, there's the news, the newspaper, newspaper, the, uh, there's a newscast that they're talking about it. There's, you, you see that he hasn't been there in a long time. You see that he's this wacky inventor that makes these cool things that don't really work. And you, there's so much. So by the time you meet, um, doc, uh, doc, yeah, <laughs> he was Marty, Mc, Michael J. Fox was such an influence on me as a kid. I, I like, I, I I just held him up so much that I I still I think like some of his mannerisms and you know his <laughs> cadences. Are, are you telling me? I mean, there are times where I can like hear, ah, uh, yeah, Doc, Doc. Are you telling me my mom has got the hots for me? Yeah, <laughs> you're so thin. You know, like it's funny that I can hear it if I step out of myself a little bit. Um, yeah, he was huge for me. Yeah, I mean, he. I agree. He is the coolest, probably the coolest movie character of all time. Um, I know it's funny you were talking about like you understand now that you've got to, uh, you know, you're working on your current film uh, with your brother. That you understand sort of movies and like this. You're listening to it at, like a screenplay and like process level. And I, I, I've said this before, but I think Back to the Future is like one of the most, if not the most, efficient screenplay. Oh my god. There is not, not like an ounce of fat on that. There's not an ounce of fat on it. I mean, yeah. it, every minute matters. Every prop matters. Every scene matters. It's just unbelievably clean. Yes. Um, and yes. holds up. Like, there's not, you know, a lot of obviously like 80s, uh, particularly I think 80s movies, you know, you kind of get hit with the nostalgia and you give passes to some sort of like goofiness there. But Back to the Future, there is basically none of that, I, I think. Yeah. I, 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 I'm always curious, like what friends, um, friends of mine who have kids, when they show their kids that movie, I'm, I'm so always so curious about their reaction because I just, it, it's hard for me to judge it with my, you know, my brain is, it was, it, it formed a, a long time ago during it, you know, and to, so to me, I just wonder if I just can't get out of my own uh, way <laughs> when it comes to like acknowledging that like. Yeah, those are because I remember sometimes like I'd see movies with my dad and 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 he'd be like, "Oh, it still holds up," you know. And it was like, right. "No, it doesn't." Like that <laughs> that version of like Lon Chaney's Wolfman or whatever is like, "No, it's not as good as the American Werewolf in, in right. London." But but um, and now I look at those movies that I thought like, "God, these effects are so good," and you know, and and sometimes they feel a, a, a little a little dated. Um, but I wonder about Back to the Future, like if that's yeah. if, if people have that, if people with kids have have that experience where the kids are like boring. I hope not. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, so before we move on from this, I do want to say, and, and you kind of talked about the way you described Marty McFly about uh, sort of his 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 charm as like sort of the everyman, but he's still cool. Uh, when I saw you pick this, and I know you've talked about it a lot, uh, your character of Justin in Dodgeball. Albeit much nerdier than Marty McFly. Thank you. <laughs> there is the same energy though of his uh, his like 
his like uh his the way his charisma develops over dodgeball obviously until the end of the of the final uh you know in the playoffs or in the championship uh-huh. there is like a I, I feel like a similarity there and then now that you said you sort of pick up on the marty mcfly isms in your own self i see that now oh, in justin a little that bit. might be one of the nicest things anyone <laughs> <laughs> well you know where i see it a lot is um the uh accepted the movie accepted mm, because yeah I, yeah yeah because he was i was I, I like you just have to you know you steal from the best and to me he there's no better leading man than Michael J. Fox. And, and, um, and I, I watched so much of his work that I just, um, yeah, I'm sure it's snuck in there and he, uh, I mean, always he'll be, you know, he'll be my uh, hero to me. Yeah. I, well, well-deserved yeah. uh, character and person, I think to, mm. to be on, on mm-hmm. that mantle for you. Um, I, you know, I worked with him briefly and, and, um, it was such a thrill and I, I, I waited to the last day I was shooting with him to like really gush and, uh, <laughs> you, know, you know, I, I'm sure I, I'm sure it snuck out a little bit. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I didn't play it that cool, but, um, I, you're wearing like a back to the future shirt. The first oh, day to am shoot. I? Oh, weird. <laughs> uh, it's not a vest. Um, it's not a life preserver. Uh, and I like doing that. I, I, I did that with Christopher Lloyd too. I really annoyed him. He did an episode of a TV show I was on, and I I, I, I didn't play it as cool with Christopher Lloyd. And, and <laughs> I just remember at one point him getting frustrated and going, oh, "I don't remember what the line was. A jig of water. Oh, I don't remember the line." Because uh, yeah, I was just like peppering him with, but um, I I didn't want. I wanted to, part of me playing it cool with Michael J. Fox was I didn't want him to sign a Back to the Future poster because I. I feel like everyone's probably asked him to do that. So I, I, I got a, uh, a secret of my success poster, which I also love. Mm. And, um, mm-hmm. he signed that and, and, and it was such, I was so like giddy when he was like, Oh, you know, no one, yeah, you don't usually sign these, you know? Uh, I was like, yes, he thinks I'm cool. <laughs> he'll, he'll remember forever. Oh that yeah. Justin this would be a had big moment for him. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, before we move on, as you brought that up, uh, I mean, you worked with Leah Thompson too. You oh, literally man. play her son. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, in literally right before Aaron. Um, so, I mean, you've had her on your podcast also, but was there some sort of like getting over the hump of like, holy crap, I'm like kind of Marty McFly uh, right now? <laughs> it was. Um, uh, I had to just tell her. I she Leah's so cool that I was like, <laughs> I have to in case it comes out in a weird nerdy way that it, like. I, I need her to know. I can't like work with this person and not have them know what a huge part of my like child childhood they were. And um and and really like and I meant this, I it wasn't flattery, but I felt very self-conscious about somebody as young and, and beautiful as Leah playing my mom. It felt like mm-hmm. I kept referencing it, I kept saying it hopefully in a non-creepy way, but I was like, this is weird casting to me. And it made me self-conscious about, you know, whatever. And she was very, she was really sweet about it and, and, and seemed like really happy to be there and very professional, that, all that. But um, yeah, I, I, I even roped her in, on the podcast, I roped her into doing a scene. I just like, out of, out of the blue was like, um, so uh, on your chair, you'll see a scene from when Marty wakes up in Lorraine's bedroom and I thought maybe we could do it. Uh, and she, I'll tell you, there's no cool way, unless you're Marty McFly, to transition into that, asking 
<laughs> I, I realize. I, I remember like playing Monday morning quarterback on that one and being like, Is, "Would there have been a more like a smoother way to bring that up?" And <laughs> <laughs> folks who are listening to this, uh, if you ever run into Justin on the street, I think you're giving them free right to come up and gush about any scene no. they want with you. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If anything I've done is in any way uh, comparable to, it's hard for me to believe, but. Of course, I'd be flattered. No, I mean, ga- I mean, Galaxy Quest is a massively important movie to so many Galaxy people, Quest right? Like, re- yeah, that's I, I would have loved. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've heard very, people have said very nice things about that, and and uh, yeah, very nice. Yeah, and, and and that to me is like it's it's funny because like I don't have whenever people compliment that movie, I have so little sense of ownership over it. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. To me, it was like. Oh my God, what an incredible experience, obviously. And, and this unique, I, I flew to LA. When I think of that movie, I think of like flying across the country and staying in a hotel for the first, you know, things like that, like more like coming of age stuff and, 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 and friend becoming friends with Sam and, and, uh, and Alan Rickman and like meeting these people. And, but I have no sense of, like, I, in other words, like I don't take on a compliment about Galaxy Quest. I don't take that on board at all. Like to me, I was mm-hmm. like very lucky to be a piece of that um, that movie. To me, it's like, oh no, no, I should be the one. You know, I should be thanking you or anyone for watching it, and I'm just grateful to be in it. You also tease Lady of the Manor, um, which is an upcoming film that you are directing. Uh, it's on IMDb right now um, as an upcoming film, ah. and with uh, Melanie See, that's Linsky. Cool. That's, that's how much I like IMDb. That's just like, <laughs> that just provokes the little the movie nerd in me. That's cool that it's already on IMDb. I, yeah, it's on there. The best part is we, um, yeah, Melanie Linsky and Judy Greer are the, mm-hmm. the leads. And we got so, I mean, like, I, I'm going to get emotional, like, talking about their performances. <laughs> They're so good. And, and when you work so hard on something and you kind of, like, give it over to somebody else, it's like part of it is just... Uh, you know, re- releasing some control uh, uh, over it, or all control, really, and, and giving it to the actress. To, and um, I never really had that experience. I, didn't, I never knew what that was like. And it was, uh, it's very, <laughs> you feel like very vulnerable. The, the stakes are so high. And and so I just am so, I'll be forever grateful to those two actresses, who whom I always really admired. I always liked them. I had worked with well, both of them really, but, um, mm-hmm. what they did with these characters was just like, uh, something that my brother and I weren't expecting. And, and it was, it, they elevated it, uh, to a very, and, and they're going to make us look good, you know, cause they were <laughs> just really beautiful performances. But, um, uh, yeah, we're, we're excited about it. It's, it's low budget. It's a million dollar movie. So, you know, they're, you know, there's a certain, uh, we had some restrictions, <laughs> and, um, but uh, we're very we're happy with it and proud of it and excited. Yeah, looking forward to it. Um, Lady of the Manor, folks want to follow it on IMDb so they can keep tabs uh, yeah. as as to when it's going to come up. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. 
Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Well, let's go to the last pick of yours. Uh, this is 1987's Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Uh, it is a 7.6 out of 10 with 118,000 reviews on IMDb, written and directed by uh, the legendary John Hughes, starring Steve Martin uh, and John Candy. The plot is a man must struggle to travel home for Thanksgiving with a lovable oaf of a shower curtain ring salesman as his only companion. Talked about this a little bit Um uh, about how you watch it's like a Thanksgiving family watch. Yeah. Uh, when was the first time you watched this? Was it with your family? Like, well, was that always it, from the start of it? I, th- I think so because it was um, when whenever they when they started letting us watch uh, R-rated movies because that movie's rated R. Uh, so watching it with them was like, I'm sure that was it, when I first saw it, that was part of like what was exciting about it. And sure, sure, yeah, yeah. getting to wow, there's cursing and you know there was that. Was it like right then and there you were like, this is the greatest comedy? I've ever seen no, in my life. No, not at all. Okay. In fact, back then it was, um, you know, this was, it would have been around the time it came out. So mm-hmm. let's see, what was I into? I mean, besides Michael J. Fox movies, I was, <laughs> I was still watching, you know, I was watching Looney. T- I was really into Laurel and Hardy, um, uh-huh. Monty Python movies like that. So I, yeah. I thought it was funny, um, but I don't remember thinking, oh, this is the greatest. Like I, you know, to me, a Laurel and Hardy movie was was still funnier. I, I don't think I'd ever – I don't think I'd like cultivated like a real sense of um, – I just think I was too young for it too. I mean a lot yeah. of that stuff is like – I think in order to like – in order to you relate – You have to kind of experience these adult situations a little I bit. I think so. Yeah, I yeah. Think so. It's hard for me to remember but – so I, when I, did it become uh, that like movie for you then? Mm, was it just over time you kind of yeah. realized like, holy, you know, yeah. Trains on Build, yeah. And it got to the point in where like I would be watching it um, and I, and I found myself getting like really emotional, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I'd be, I realized uh, it had, I, I was, I was experiencing it on a much different, on like different, like more, I guess, adult levels where I was, yeah. um, I was really involved with John Candy's storyline, and 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 it was fu- it became funnier to me over the years. It became more relatable. Uh, right. But like, so Del Griffith. I mean, like, yes, Del Griffith doesn't get better than that. Um, yeah, but, played by the great John Candy. Oh God, who? 
You know, I, th- I think about like I- I'm not a big like awards guy or like who's going to win mm-hmm. the awards this year. Um, I, I I don't I don't I just so I don't even know why I bring this up, but I, I think about it a lot when I think about John Candy in that movie, which is like I, I I think it's it's crazy that he didn't win an Oscar for this <laughs> for that movie. That to me that actually to me sums up why I, I guess I don't put much stock in in awards because you can have a performance like that you know like john candy in that movie is is that to me that's it's up there with the daniel day lewis it's up there with one the the greatest performances Mm -hmm. in in um in movies and 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 funny yeah but like it's it's the heart that he so much heart it's so man it's so pure yeah right yeah oh he's such an innocent he's such a which is why I, whenever I hear stories about John Candy, where like people talk about how, what a sweet, like just a good person he was, you know, you, mm-hmm. I've I've heard stories about him that are just like, oh, he spent time with me, and he like, he was a giving by all by all accounts like a generous person. Um, I'm never surprised because that I don't know if you can be anything else and give a performance like that. To me, it's mm-hmm. it's. I, 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 that to me is just pure heart on screen. Like he, um, that it, there's the, the compassion and, and the, the sense of pain and the, the kindness that, that he is able to project. There's, it's some of the most, um, moving acting, uh, and, and the combination of with John Hughes direction and, and the, and, and the and the score that kind of like synth. Ding, ding, yeah, I wrote I wrote down John Hughes scores are always great. Oh <laughs> was God! It, it, they just it's they pair so beautifully with um, the, the 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 scene that that scene and Steve Martin opening the door. Dal, come on inside, you know, and he invites him mm-hmm. in, and then it cuts to them on the bed drinking those little bottles, and it's warm, and it's it's just pure friendship between them, and they're drunk, and they're just like talking about women from their past and and they're laughing with each other and it, it's like I, I it doesn't get better than that it's always like just riding that fine fine line between profound and moving and and then schmaltzy and like over the t- you know um mm-hmm. manipulative uh mm-hmm. and it's manipulative, just, and, and to, to to ride that line the way john hughes does is like I know I keep saying this, but to me, that's a work of art. That's like a work of genius. You know, I always think it's, it's just since we're on John Candy. I mean, when I was watching this, I just was thinking, like, imagine if he, you know, if he was still around. If we, oh, you know, I think the about comedy world and the film world were like blessed enough to still have him here. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I, I get like chills thinking about what he could have done as me like too. an elder statesman in comedy, me like too. You know, whether it's getting involved with like the Farrell and, and Vince Vaughn and, like, uh, you know, crew or even now with like, uh, you know, the modern takes, like even like the Broad City things. Like I, I could see his uh, his, yeah. his humor and like popping up as influence and being like a part of like raising the continuing to raise the bar and support like young comedians. Um, it, it's it's so sad to think about. I, I don't deify John Candy or like I don't revere him the way I do because he like left or. Er- too early. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, right, I've, right. I've, I've always like, I've gone through a relationship with him and that movie since the, t- the time I saw it, like those other two movies, um, maybe even more so because I, that movie to me is about, um, we watch it every Thanksgiving. And mm. so it, it has such great, um, 
you know, like familial connotations and like it, it's a lot of great family nostalgia and, and um, reminds me of that being together. Um, but, but it also, uh, it, I, I, I'm, I'm continuously like moved by the message of um, this, this, this guy needing uh, some people not having that and, and um, how important that is to, to, you know, to, to convey to people, to uh, people, especially like privileged people like myself. Mm. Um, it is just such a beautiful story and relationship between the two of them. And, and like I said, I, I love odd couple comedies and the, like you can't have John Candy can't do what he does in that uh, without Steve Martin. Um, right. Who, who Playing is, the perfect uh, grump. Grump right. and like and like frustrated guy and yeah. yeah and like the last time I saw it I was like I and and, and you can commiserate with him I mean it's mm-hmm. not as totally though, he's he's trying to get home he's trying to get <laughs> yeah. home his yeah. his what his kids there's such a warm environment that's waiting for him and he's being and John Candy then that's the other brilliant thing it's like he does do these really annoying things it's like <laughs> you know he takes his socks off and wafts them around in front of yeah and like it, it, he he does genuinely things that you know people who travel can relate to as being annoying um and he's like a little t- he wants to chat when like you know you get on a plane and all you want to yeah. do is just like oh dude and he's like so what so uh, i love the way one of my favorite part, my moments is when he goes um <laughs> he goes he Steve Martin clearly doesn't want to talk and right. he's not being overtly rude. He's just like giving the social signals that like, you know, one word answers and like polite, but, but not friendly. And, um, and John Candy is like a f- bull in a China. He's, he's, he's not picking up any of them. And he's, he just goes, um, <laughs> there's like kind of a lull in the conversation. It's clear. Steve Martin's like in his own world. <laughs> John Candy just goes, Del Griffith and and John Kenny or Steve Martin shakes his hand and he goes, and you are. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that to me sums up the brilliance of that. And he like because then Steve Martin has to say, well, right, Neil Page, he's cornered him at that point. He's cornered <laughs> him and like and John Candy once he gets the name, he goes, watch it again. He goes, he goes Neil Page, pleased to meet you, Neil Page. And it's this, it, it's 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 just it's so. Such a perfect example of on uh, what different pages they're both on. You know, it's like it, they're, they're no jokes. It's not like you watch a couple of comedies now and it's like it's filled with jokes. And like mm-hmm. um, and this is just John Hughes is so confident in the I, I guess how they're his actors, but also the relatability of that situation. And it's subtle, but it's so clear that Steve Martin just wants to put on his headphones if he had them, just wants to read his thing, and John Candy wants a friend. And the combination of that, of that, th- th- them wanting such different things, is it, he gets so much comedy out of that. And then later he gets, like, humanity out of it. He, right. Like an exploration of, uh, uh, the, you know. The montage uh, when they finally separate ways and, and, and Steve Martin gets mm. home on his train – and the montage when he f- realizes that John Candy, uh, uh, his, his or Del Griffith's wife, is actually dead. Uh, it starts off like so goofy, uh, like yeah. you know, and then it just and then he goes back and he realizes all like little senses and uh, like the payoff there is is so good. You know, they don't 
Like they don't draw out them being like a pair for like over half the movie or, or even the last act of the movie. It's literally the last yeah. five, 10 minutes. I wish you could see me. I wish this were filmed because I'm literally, I'm getting chills. My, my <laughs> hair is standing up on because it's so, it's so good. It's so masterfully done. And you're right. It goes from like, he's like, oh yay, I'm going home and like yeah. about his family and yeah. goofy thoughts about, you're right. It goes from like, oh, I remember when, when we woke up in bed together and like right. goofy things and, and silly things. And then he's, I forget what it is that like, kind of like triggers a moment in Steve Martin where so, it's like, where he's, he says, uh, John Candy I says, home in years. I've been home in years. Yeah. 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 What, yeah. For, what, oh. like seriously? And he goes, no, yeah. no, it's a figure of speech. I, yeah. And he catches himself. Oh man. So oh good. man. I, yeah. Again, that's, I, I like, there are, I think I can watch that so many times because I, I get something different every time. I, there's something I discover every time, um, and and I just I just marvel. Is there something like as a as a comedian or as someone who works in comedy films? Like, is there something you learned from these three movies that you think as a or as an actor, I should say, sorry that that stick out to you? Do you think that has influenced you? I've talked to a bunch of actors. I, I was just talking to Joel McHale about this about. Um, he had that experience on community, which is uh, mm-hmm. there was so much dialogue to get out. And oftentimes dialogue that is not all that naturalistic, like not necessarily the way people talk. And he, we both like um, we were talking about how it took us a while to understand that a lot of it is just speed. I know that sounds, I know to reduce it to that is like probably <laughs> <laughs> really like insulting to a lot of actors, but, but I, I, I had this revelation where it's like, oh yeah, you want to like get through it's timing and it's speed. And it's, and I, if all of those movies, Tootsie and uh, back to the future, plain strands, as much as I love improvising um, what those actors do in that is they really respect the script and, uh, and the story. And, and I think if I did learn anything from that, I'll, eventually, it's that um, it's to really respect uh, the script and the timing mm-hmm. and and um, and some of my favorite moments of that uh, of that those movies are just the back and forths and and the, the timing and it's so few of them are indulgent you know and and all of those movies have that in common I, I, I but but they were also they were also br- brilliant scripts you know. Well, Justin, this was an awesome conversation. Oh, I'm glad we got like, to. It's great. I, I, it's so fun. Yeah, thanks, Ian. And uh, folks, for listening, don't forget to check out Life is Short with Justin Long. Uh, it's on Wondery or Apple Podcasts or Google or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, Justin, will talk soon. Thanks, Ian. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to head over to imdb.com slash podcasts for more content on Justin and to easily add the movies that changed his life to your IMDb watch list. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.